This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. everybody coach jen here from ocala florida and you're listening to horses in the morning on the horse radio network for june 25th episode 2211 brought to you today by horseware tara is out today it's her week so sit back and enjoy this classic from the horses in the morning audio vaults where we recap day one of road to the horse 2018 edition founded by tootie bland and her late husband, Stephen. Road to the Horse has grown beyond what they or anyone else involved in its humble beginnings could have ever dreamed. This unique competition brings together the world's top trainers and clinicians. They will gentle a horse in adjacent round pens while thousands of fans relish every moment. Combining education and entertainment, Road to the Horse is truly a one-of-a-kind event. Well, good morning, everybody. It says Glenn out on our show notes, but we know better. It's it's Tara and yeah. I out today. <laughs> Welcome back to day two. Um, we are just getting started for day two. Nothing's happening down there on the arena floor just yet. So we're going to be talking all about the really amazing activities from yesterday. If you did not have the chance to listen to yesterday's morning show, go back to horsesinthemorning.com or pop open your Horse Radio Network app available at your app store. It's free. Just go there and search Horse Radio, Horse Radio Network and, and listen back and hear all about the getting ready parts of Road to the Horse number one. And I am joined here by Tara Carter, the better half of Carter Ranch. <laughs> yeah. See, and Trevor agrees. Her husband, her, her husband Trevor was a competitor here at a past Road to the Horse, and she is a ranch rider, ranch trainer, an accomplished horsewoman, an awesome podcaster, too. Welcome back, Tara. <laughs> Thanks. Glad to be back. I love the I love the way you wear your head so, headphones. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. They don't fit over. They mess up my hat, so I got to wear them like a beard. Well, and I actually kind of <laughs> I kind of worried about that because yeah. when you're a cowboy or a cowgirl, um, a cowboy hat is just about as essential as underwear, in my opinion. Yes. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. So, or maybe more so. Who knows? Uh, we're not going to go there. Sorry, folks. It's early in the morning. But I was what's she going to do about the cowboy hat? Because she doesn't take the cowboy hat off, and she's got to wear a headset to do yeah, this. So I she could. wears the headset. I technically oh, could, but it's just easier. It it, no, it's, it works for you. Yeah. You own it. Yeah, thanks. I'm totally impressed. <laughs> My headphone beard. So well, let's, uh, Tara, give everybody a, a uh, really short Reader's Digest. <laughs> I think my husband's yelling in the sound booth. Yes, he is. Like, really? This is the, <laughs> feel like this I'm is at home. What are you talking booth. about? No, yelling aloud. Um, <laughs> it's a party. It's a party here. Uh, give us, give us the Twitter version of what's happening here at Road to the Horse. So, what happens at Road to the Horse for for anybody who's lived under a rock and hasn't listened yet? So basically, at Road to the Horse, you have the competitors. This year, they've got three competitors, and they draw from a hat to select horses and. They basically have 
less than 10 hours spread over a period of three days to introduce themselves to these horses, ride them for the first time, and take them through an obstacle course. That's that's perfect. basically Road to the Horse. That's basically Road to the Horse with its Twitter. Yeah, there yeah. we go. <laughs> so our three competitors are Vicki Wilson, who is a New Zealand rider. She's the only English comp- English riding discipline competitor ever to be at Road to Horse. She won last year. Uh, she is uh, an accomplished show jumper, but part of her... Uh, career has been breaking and training wild horses on two continents. In yeah, New there Zealand, you go. <laughs> as well as in America. So she's here with us. Dan James, also a previous Road to the Horse winner and very well-known clinician. He's here with us. And third, Nick Dowers, again, a previous winner. And he's an American uh, clinician and trainer. And he's, is it the Futurity? Is that right? Yes, he's the NRCHA Snapplebit Futurity. And so he's, he has really a young horse expert. Yes. When you get right down to it. He knows how to, how yeah, to get the young horses way to say it. On, on the right track. Yeah. So we're going to go over what happened yesterday. We're going to start out with the draw of the horses. What they do is they, they put all three competitors out there on a stage, complete with laser light show and fireworks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they zhuzh the remuda or the little herd of horses out into the arena so we all get to see them and watch this they pick numbers out of a hat and that determines who gets to choose their horse first second and third and then the in that order they walk out into the herd they wander about a bit and we all enjoy watching how those horses interact with the people because they're untouched horses and uh, they pick out their horses so yesterday i picked number two and number three Mm-hmm. And number three was chosen by Dan James. Wait, number two. Or number two. Number yeah. two. Number two. Yes. The yellow horse. All yes. Referred to as the yellow horse. He was the only Palomino in the herd. I wrote right. down wrong. So he picked mine. And did anybody pick either of yours, Tara? Well, number 10 didn't come out. Actually, one of the things that you guys may not know is a few of the horses had a mild respiratory deal come up after the trip. Because it's crazy. You know, it's warm in Texas where they came from. And then it's cold and snowing yeah. here. So. Yeah. Of the 12 horses, five were pulled just for the well-being of the horses. Yeah, they, don't, so, they don't want them to be trotting around with a, sn- with a, with a cold. Yeah, basically. So yeah. Uh, anyway, they pulled five of the horses. So number 10, one of the ones I picked, did not make the cut. And number 12, Vicki Wilson actually chose. Uh, and he was actually the last horse she chose. She chose right. him second because yeah, each, each, each competitor had to choose, choose right. two horses. Right. Yeah, yeah so... So we at least we both we both have a horse at least in there that we thought Yay. about choosing. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm glad because the pet the the yellow horse as they refer to him, which I think is awesome, was okay. my favorite of the two I picked. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And but he was first to go. He was the first horse picked. That's true. Because You're Dan right. got to pick first, and Dan picked him. Yeah. That so was interesting. Yeah. And he was. I was. I was hanging about in the audience during the picking of the horses, and he was definitely a fan favorite. Yeah. A lot of people were happy with that pick. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I, did, I didn't hear any of the crowd reaction, but yeah. but he, he turned out to be a little surprising, I think, for everyone. Yes, he was. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about how it went for each of the three competitors. Uh, why don't we start with um, Vicki Wilson, who is currently in third place because this is all scored on a daily basis. They take the two scores of the horses they have and they combine them. What they have is five judges. Right. They take the highest and lowest score from those five judges and drop them. 
Then they give them a total. So with Vicki Wilson, who is in third place currently after day one of three days, her first horse, number eight, is a score of 242, and her second horse, number 12, has a score of 250. So her combined score is 492. So Vicki, I think, had, of the three competitors, I think her horses were most similar to each other. I think they only had Can really I ask you guys a question? Where you guys yes. weren't sure yesterday whether they were going to be when they've done two horses before they've trained them separately in separate sessions. Did they do that or did they have that work? So they brought they brought the horses out, the two, you know, they put your two in the round pin and they actually built like a little catch pin, a little two panel long catch pin on the end of each round pin. Mm-hmm. And so it basically was your and it had another gate on it. So it was your choice if you wanted to work them together, oh, if you wanted to separate that's them. That's a first. How, uh, that, and I think it was awesome. This is the first time I've been here that they the horses didn't call out for one another. There wasn't a Winnie all because day. Because there were yeah. horses there. You know, normally they try to keep the, the Wranglers, the Four Sixes Cowboys and Cowgirls out there sort of as a companion for those horses. But I don't think the horses got as hot yesterday because they had a buddy there. Yeah. You know, there wasn't a, that emotional sweat that they, that they get, even just standing there, regardless of the work. They all, when they have to come out by themselves. I think you're right. You're. So, I didn't think about that, but their demeanor was a little bit less um, stressed looking. Yes. Yeah, you're so right. I think, I think it was really a great deal. And on top of the fact that these are the healthy ones that they're trying to keep from getting that respiratory deal to go around. So I just think all in all, it was yeah. kind of a really fortuitous yeah. setup. No, none of the Colts looked tired at the end. No. Physically. Yeah. I mean, you could tell their little brains were pretty worn yeah. out. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, they all, I mean, they all sweated, but they're hairy. You know, like it yeah. wasn't, some it wasn't the them. same that I've seen in the past. Oh, yeah. that's good. Okay. I just wasn't yeah. sure how they did it. That's really cool. Yeah, I'm glad that's you a, asked that. That's a new variation. Kind of All right. Vicki yeah. Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> so back to Vicki. So Vicki, her horses were reasonably similar compared to the other two who had horses that were just at two opposite ends of the scale in a lot of ways. Yes. Um, she got started. She's, I think she spent most of her time with both horses in the pen at the same time. She kind of she kind of worked them because the one of the catchments on the side. Yeah, I would say yeah, more yeah. most of the time. But she really worked them by one another. Yeah, like one was in the pin and and the catch pin, and the other one she worked over by that one. Right? Yeah, like she really used their togetherness to her advantage. Yeah, she yeah. did. She she was trying to capture the. There's a scientific learning name for it, and. Um, Mary will be embarrassed that I don't remember what it is. <laughs> but when one horse watches another horse performing a task, he is taking in what's happening. Oh, I see. Okay. okay. And that helps him understand. Just yeah. like when um, Nick was, he had two horses that were very different from each other. And you could tell the horse that was tougher was taking in what, well, why isn't he upset when he's around that human? Y- yeah. Like, well, yeah. he's not bothered. I mean, maybe it's okay. Maybe I shouldn't yeah. be so bothered too. So. Yeah. Back to Vicky. She used that because her, Second horse, uh, number 12, or no, her first horse, number eight, who became known as the Roan horse. Yes. Uh, the, the, Roan <laughs> the one horse, I said I would not pick. <laughs> the one you said you would not pick. Now, let's let's give a little background. The Roan horse, every time I saw the Remuda on Thursday, and I walked back and watched him in the pen for a while, and I watched him when they brought him out in the arena, and I watched him when they did the pick. Every time we saw that, that horse, you can relate to this, Glenn, as the owner of Scooter, that little roan horse was chasing at least one member of the herd and biting him in the butt yeah. all the time. So he's a little bit of a bully, has a little bit of an attitude. Yeah. 
and, and, and one of the things that Vicky said when she went out to pick her horses is she said everything that was on her list did not make it out. Right, yeah. like the roan was on the bottom of her list, yeah, and the other one was on. So she, they, a lot of the competitors, uh, other than other than Nick, got horses they weren't originally. They well, had maybe yeah. Dan, but anyway, the, so nobody got their first draft pick. Nobody. Yeah, yeah, Nick, Nick actually got the two, the exact two he wanted. So that's Isn't kind that of interesting. Neat, we can talk about later, but oh, wow. anyway, we'll but for Vicky, we'll talk about that, yeah, yeah, but for Vicky, she. That was not on her list. So she list. knew she was getting a tough deal with that one. Yeah. Now, is am I right? I think the roan horse is related to Kentucky, the horse she got yes, last year. Yes, half-brother. Same sire. Same sire. Yes. Very similar way of moving. Yes. Yeah, when I was watching her go around. Um, not quite the propensity for yanking her arm out of joint as Kentucky had. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. And that's been, a, been an ongoing joke all day long about the, the fact that Vicky. Uh, spent the majority of the competition last year when she won with a dislocated shoulder. Yeah. Um, but he was he was a very tough little character. He did not want to move forward, which is key to the scoring. Mm-hmm. You want a horse that moves forward. He was very sticky in his feet. And it was interesting. I don't think he was sticky in his feet for the reason most horses are sticky in his feet. I think he's sticky in his feet because he's going, no, no, I'm in charge. And I'll decide when I go. Yeah, I decide when my feet go. Yeah. Versus most of the other horses are going, oh, this is pretty intimidating. I don't know if I can move. However, she, I mean, that's the horse that she, like, of the two she rode, she rode him the most. Yes, she and did. She got him out, walk, trot, lope. And what's good is, I mean, today I think they can get outside of the round pin. And that'll definitely be a horse that must get out of the round yes. pin today. Yes. Because once yes. he got moving, he was really good. Yes. 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 And it's the other horse, number 12, that he's got a bit of a hitch in his giddy up. He. When he goes forward, he kind of protests that he's going to have to go forward. So yes, and she she adjusted him, saying you know, hoping that she that would go away, right? The mm-hmm. but had a little went, hit, little hop and a skip and a jump when he when he lopes. Yeah, but yeah. he didn't. It's kind of more sass, I think, than <laughs> yes. what it seems like to me. Yes, I think you're right. I think he's just a little silly. Yeah, got a little bit of little child in him versus yeah, the other guy. Yeah, about Ford. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And um, she started both of her horses with a sur single. She got on yes. a bareback first and then a sur single. Yeah. And then a saddle, which is the same thing she did last year. And the Bay Road number eight didn't really have much trouble with the sur single, but the but number twelve, you know, he, he protested it too. Yeah, he didn't like that thing around his middle. But once she got the saddle on, that was better. Yes. And then he was cool until the loping started, and then he had to Yes. Know. And he did it on the ground too, so it's not like he only saved it for when she was in the saddle. Yeah. He, so. he wasn't dishonest about it. Yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I like that statement. Yeah. Yes. Um, oh, and the at one point the she had put poles on the ground for them to to go over, and they were both reasonably good about yeah. that. Yeah, and a tarp. I think. And a tarp. She's the only one that had a full stretched out tarp yesterday for them to go over. Yep, they got over that. Yeah. The uh, one of one of the number twelve horses' little bucking fits, and it's fun because every time a horse has a little bucking fit, the entire arena erupts into cheers and clapping. Yeah. And awesome. Um, was predicated by some pool noodles. Yes. They were fine with the ground poles, but when one of them jumped and landed on the pool noodle, that sent him airborne. (laughs) (laughs) So that was kind of cool. So she had a, I think she had a reasonably smooth day in that there were no points where I went, oh, this is a problem. It was, oh, it was little problems and then little successes and little problems and little successes. Not a lot of peaks and valleys. Um, Versus, let's do... You want to do Nick or Dan next? Do you guys want to hear a little bit from that from Vicky? Yeah. <gasps> oh yeah. Let's ta- let's hear about her day. All right. What at what moment do you feel like the Bay Roan really softened for you today? 
Yeah, the Bay Road, I walked in knowing he was tough. He's the mean one that's out in these yards, chasing yeah. them around, bullying them. And it's the same as number five. They were the tough ones. And so it was giving them the opportunity to really find me and relax and trust me. And then you can put the pressure on them. And that's really important is just reading them, understanding them, and allowing that colt to follow the other one was really good for his brain. So tomorrow we'll get that forward movement again, and then we're going to break it up and get that lightness and that softness and that direction. Very good. You did a nice job today, and look forward to watching you tomorrow. Thank you very much. Well, there we go. Yeah, so. and this she told everyone yesterday on stage, this is the first time that she's ever started two colts together at the same time. Oh, yeah, time. that's right. So yeah. that's a pretty big learning curve to do that yeah. like, the first time because there are a lot. We talked about this yesterday. There are a ton of things that you can do when you start colts together that really can play to your advantage. If you know how to use them. If you know how to use right. it to your advantage. So, I mean, there's some things. I, that, I, watching all this, I went, oh, I never thought of doing that. Oh, I never thought of doing that. Because yeah. in my little world, that was something that was just, no, you don't do that. Yeah, that's right. It's not done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you take them out all alone so they have no one to look at. Yeah. And, you know, they panic and freak out and do all that kind of stuff. But <laughs> either here or there, she, she really, you're right. She did use it to her advantage. And I think that really helped, particularly the little Bay Roan who, mm-hmm. he's that kind of horse that because he wants very much to be in charge, he's into pressure, physical pressure. If you push on him, he's pushing back. Yeah. Um, that... I think had she not had two horses at the same time, we might have seen a very different yes. day for her. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How uh, yeah. was her shoulder? Was she favoring it? or it Not way? unless you looked really close. It was not so much she was favoring it, but you can tell she keeps her elbow very close to her body. And she had ta- she was talking about that a little bit when we weren't recording, um, that she doesn't move her arm certain directions when she's on board because she knows where the weak spot in the joint is mm. really yeah. basically they're going to have to redo the surgery really it didn't it didn't hold so Ooh, she's ow. basically making i mean in some ways she's favoring it right like she's do, not favoring huh? it but she's i mean she's she's just being careful really careful she's being cautious yeah. 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 yeah well we don't need to see her in a sling again this week no yeah, exactly. that was just no good let's not do a repeat of that <laughs> exactly. all right so let's go to dan next dan james yeah so uh give us give us the update on how dan's day went so all in all, Dan got both, he had both horses saddled, ridden, etc. So you would think, you know, from an overlooking standpoint, who's made the most progress as far as toward the, toward the event, riding a horse and being on it outside and doing the obstacles, Dan absolutely made the most progress with both horses. So he, yeah. he's yeah. the only one that got, got them both saddled, walk, trot, lope, etc. Um, so he came in and he brought, he put the, what's interesting is, uh, the way that they, they had both horses in the round pen and then to put them in the catch pen, they did a couple of different things. So Dan and Vicky chose to open the gate to the catch pen and try to like sort out one and drive it in. Uh, and Nick chose to open the small catch pen and put both horses in the catch pen and then let, and then let one out. So Dan like, or Nick? Oh, well, I was just saying that I was just sort of kind of going back to how they separated them, but we're still on Dan. Okay. So anyway, so it was interesting that, you know, that, uh, Nick used kind of like a livestock type logic to move his horses around, and then Nikki and uh, Vicky and Dan used a different way to to put theirs into their little catch bin. So Dan chose to put his sar- his yellow horse, which I thought he might start with first, because I sort of thought that's going to be the easiest. Yeah, one, he right? picked that one first. And yeah. uh, so anyway, he chose. But I th- but now thinking about it, if he thought the yellow horse was the easiest one, he'll go with the sorrel to make sure he's got enough time. That's a good point. Yeah. So he he brings out the sorrel horse, and really, it was pretty non-eventful. You it know? went very smoothly. Again, a 
not a lot of peaks and valleys. A yeah. lot of it's like okay, that's what you would typically expect to see. Those were really smart decisions. Yeah, um, check out the hindquarters. He hopped up on him bareback. Yeah, you know, okay, well, it's time to saddle him, and he didn't really buck. He one of the, when he first went to move him off with the saddle, I think. I think the horse more jumped away from Dan moving him off than the saddle and he jumped out and then Dan just kind of kept it going. Yeah. And the horse, moving you forward, know, yeah. like, so the horse, you know, the horse thought about getting tight, but he wasn't really sure anyway. And then the, when they changed direction and then he kind of got tight with the saddle and hopped around a bit and Dan, Dan chose not to let him buck. He just, he basically shut it down and I think he maybe did that twice, and then it was over. You yeah. know, it was pretty much all right. Pretty I got more in a saddle, and away we go. And he rode him, and they this year they can this year and last year, or maybe a couple times now. It's basically you're allowed to have your pin wrangler come in and flag yes. you around on the horse help, and help the horse move forward. So because these are unstarted horses, um, using your legs to tell the horse to go forward, it has no effect. Yeah. As a matter of fact, it can have a detrimental effect. Yes. So by allowing that pen wrangler to be on the ground to encourage the horse to move forward. And that's all they're allowed to do. Yes. Um, you are actually doing the horse a favor yes. because you're not taking those leg aids and diluting them by using them in a desperate effort to get the horse to move at all. Yeah. 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 So it's actually very beneficial to the horse versus a crutch for the clinician. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I actually asked that yesterday and I said, why did they make that rule? Because in my, in my, in my opinion, it's, like it's an easy step, right? Yeah, it's an yeah. easy way to get like, come on, let's see what you can do on your own. Yeah. But, but I, but they say, well, it's just a way to help them. It's just a way to help them for the event and get there faster. And I thought, well, you know, that makes good sense. So yeah, yeah. and I was the same way. Yeah, I thought, I well, like, that's just not fair. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I and like, then, no, and then it's gotta be somebody hard. in the, somebody in the media room here explained it to us. I'm going, oh, duh. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very yeah. much. I feel <laughs> yeah. smarter now. <laughs> I've been schooled. Yeah. So. I mean, really, kind of a non-event. What, 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 but then he brought the yellow horse in. Yeah, and. We started and he didn't bring the yellow horse in to weigh in. Yeah. I thought, come on. Let's... Oh, is Yvonne here? Oh, goody. Send her over. Yeah, all right. We're, we're, um, we're, we're going to save We're gonna save Dan James' second horse, as has been referred to as the yellow horse, uh, for after Yvonne. Yvonne Bartu is one of the judges here at Road of the Horse. And this is Yvonne's second or third, second time judging. Um, so she was very kind to come up here and chat with us on the show because they keep the judges really, really busy. So uh, <laughs> thanks for stopping by, Yvonne. You are live. You want to get about an inch from that microphone. You're welcome to take it out of the stand if it's uncomfortable because the chairs are a little odd here. No. And with hats, I like trying to move back so you can <laughs> see who we're talking to here. So thanks for stopping out here up here with us. Um, give everybody listening if they're if they are not familiar with you a a little. Brief bio of Yvonne. She's her mic is not on, Jennifer. Oh, your mic is not on. Okay, well let's do this. Um, okay, now we're good. We're good. Can we're here. Okay, so I'm a lifetime horse lover, and in my head I was a lifetime horse trainer, but I didn't actually get to start training horses till I got out of high school. Spent seven years on standard bred and thoroughbred tracks, and then I trained problem horses for five or six years. And then I was a trainer and a form performer at the Arabian Nights Dinner Theater for about oh, seven wow. years and the director of entertainment there. And then my husband and I started KYB Dressage up north. But with that, we've trained 15 horses to the Grand Prix and over 100 to FEI Pre-St. George. 
and trained the most winning horse in USDF history. So we have a long time of training, but we train horses from the beginning up until, you know, Grand Prix and do liberty work and trick work. And so we've so just a lot of training. So with the background you had, you started out working at racetracks like so many of us do early in our careers. Yep. And then you moved into performance work. Well, what problem you, horses, actually. I worked with problem horses. horses for about five or six years, yeah. you know. What drew you to dressage? It's the hardest thing for me to get good at. It's so dang hard. <laughs> it's the hardest thing for anybody to get good uh, it's at. It's really in my hard. Opinion, yeah. not just me. You can disagree. <laughs> and I did jumpers. I I, uh, I did jumpers. I did some western. I've done all kinds of games and barrel racing and team penning. And I mean, pretty much, I've done some eventing. Everything there is to do with a horse, I've done it at one time. And the dressage was a the hardest for me to get good at, and then b it was where my clients um, were gravitating at mm -hmm. that time in my life. And so I just kind of latched onto it and yeah. stayed with it. But you know, we still do a lot of performances. We do Briarfest here at the Alltech every year. I produce the nighttime show, and and so yeah. So all I, the all the lights and sparkles and and pyrotechnics are nothing for you. It's no, like, oh, not no so big much. Deal. No, we're the theater people. <laughs> we're equine theater people, and I I do know Dan James from that world as well. Do you? So yes. whenever Road to the Horse first approached you and said, "Would you like to be a judge?" What was your initial reaction? Well, I'd seen it all the time, and I'm a I'm a lifetime learner as well. So I have every single season of Road to the Horse on DVD, and I've watched it all. Oh wow! And I have I've been here as a spectator as well. So I'm a huge fan of this event, uh -huh. and I also I'm I'm a fan of process and how people mm -hmm. train horses and how it goes. And so when Tootie asked if I would consider judging last year for the year of the cowgirl, I was extremely flattered and honored, and I was extremely excited about getting a front row seat. Very cool. What and um, sorry, I was like enthralled listening to you. I, ju I jumped on, I jumped on <laughs> top of Tara's last question, so <laughs> I threw off her game. Uh, so what? What's different this year versus last year? Well, last year they had four women in there, and last year was Vicky's first year here, and and this year we have three extremely all now seasoned and proven competitors all with a kind of different approach, different and effective game plan. And so all of the judges were very, very excited to look at the processes and watch it. And mm -hmm. I think they probably all share the same idea that it's really hard as a judge not to sit and stare at one competitor yes. and watch something go through. And you're like, no, but what are they doing? I what are they doing? I don't want to miss yeah. anything. And uh, I thought it was fabulous. And I, I think that uh, it's still anybody's game by a very wide margin. Yeah. And what about judging two two horses per competitor versus last year just one horse per competitor? Well, for me, I because I, I wrote a book on horse personalities, and so I find horse personalities extremely interesting. And I, you know, I watched the Bermuda the night before, and then before they picked them, then I was really looking to see, you know, can I see their personality from there? And last year I did the same thing, and three out of the four horses I would have chosen if I competed ended up in the competition last year, and then the same again this year. And then once you pick them, you see, was I right or wrong? It's, it is easy to be wrong when a horse is in a herd environment, and then you take it out, and all of a sudden you realize, oh, wow, he's quite fearful. He was just very dependent on his buddy, who's now over there in that ring with that horse. And so I was watching the dynamics of the, of the horses and how they interplayed with each other, and I was also watching how the clinicians read that and how they handled it. And so t for me, that process is really, really interesting to see how the clinicians deal with each horse as an individual. And I saw them, you know, change their approach a little bit each one of them, they all had different personalities to deal with. And I find that very, very interesting for me. And it's, I'm as much on the horse's side as I am on the clinician side. And I'm, I'm as much on the horse being treated as an individual as I am them, you know, learning to all get to right. the same place. Because each, each trainer has their process, their method. Yes. But each trainer also has to be able to 
alter and improve and change that method for each individual horse. And sometimes on very short notice from the horse, (laughs) you know, just like, okay, well, then, yeah. And I saw them all doing that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I saw each clinician really like being true to themselves and the way that they form partnerships and make relationships with horses. And I was, I was so impressed, you know, to be down there watching it. And, uh, I think they're all really world-class horsemen, which, you know, this it's is a honor. really tight score we've got going here. It really is. Yeah. For that first round and for having two horses and, and for how much they have to get done and the choices you make, do you know, to put one in the holding pen, do you bring it out because it might help it be more comfortable and, or, you know, do you risk tiring it out? Do you risk, you know, it, and sometimes it's not tiring out so much physically as mentally. They're yeah, like little yes. kids in school mm-hmm. and they've been overstimulated and their brain just says, I've had enough. And nobody got to that point yesterday, which I thought was really impressive that nobody right. got to the the point where the horse didn't want to interact anymore. And I was impressed with that too, how they left the horses. Yeah. We, the had, we had talked about that earlier is that all of the horses were physically still quite fresh. Yep. Awesome to see um, because they've had a, they've had a, a tough journey getting here with this crazy weather we've had. And then also mentally, none of them got to that point there where they said, okay, just talk to the hand. I cannot do anymore. They all got finished with the day going, this is, this is interesting. I'm not sure what's going on, but it's interesting. So, now that they've had the night to think on it, it'll be interesting to see how they come out today yeah. because that's part of that process. You want to end on a, on a, in a way so that the horse goes back to the pens to sleep overnight thinking positively about what just happened in his day. Yes. How you, actually, what trains the horse is actually the timing of the removal of the aid, not the aid itself. So many, right. many different systems can work, but it's the timing of when you release or remove that aid. And because of the system and the, and the rules in place that are are set for, to be really fair to the horse, there are all manner of, you know, you have to take these breaks, you have to do this, you can't work a horse more than this many minutes. And so I think it, it, it's hard for the clinicians, too, to be aware of, the time moments, you know, even if right. they're working a horse quite casually, but they've got to they've got to follow the rules and not have point deductions. And there were no penalties yesterday as far as time deductions, which I thought was fabulous. You know, that was very aware horsemen in a very like huge environment. Right. So. Yeah, but they all they all worked with their horse to the last second. We were all sitting up here. <laughs> Get out. It would have been no fun if they'd have just stayed in there. I mean, left with five minutes to spare, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. So they, I, I think they do that to us on purpose. I know. Yeah. We talked a little bit about uh, the fact that because there were two horses and because the second horse was in here in the little side catch pin, that you know we never heard any winning out yesterday or any of that. So do you feel like that added any bit to the horses being in a bit of... A better frame of mind? Oh, you mean as opposed to just having the one horse Yes, in. Yes. I actually do because they all know even though, you know, there were certain friendships like probably that got broken up once they moved, you know, the mm-hmm. two horses chosen. Yes. Because I saw a couple of alliances in the Remuda that got broken up. But in yes. general, they came together, they know each other, and yeah. there was a, a camaraderie there. And so they still, I think, felt all a little bit better. And even the holding pen being just right there mm-hmm. was very helpful. And I think the horses... I think the clinicians all use that to their benefit. Yeah. And I thought, I, I think everybody was like, that turned out about as good as it could have. Yeah. Yeah. In some, in some ways we've, you know, talked about like, oh, two horses, that's a lot, that's a ton. You know, it's physically demanding on them, multiple yep. horses in that, in yes. that time period. I think the clinicians were way more tired than the horses this time around. Yeah. I would yeah. agree. I would agree. <laughs> Well, and and because when Trevor did it that year, they had they had to do the two horses, but it was one, and then they brought in another, and then and then they brought in the next one, and they could use a saddle horse. None of these guys chose to use a saddle horse. Is so that still allowed actually, this year? I don't yes, know where they allowed. It would have been allowed. They all um, they all chose they all not, to. not to. Yeah. yeah. Well, that would have been a lot of horses. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they could have saved themselves a little, a little bit. Right. But like, like, like Vaughn said, they chose, they chose, they chose to basically have an even playing field that nobody did it. But I do, I just do feel like overall it was sort of a, a better frame of mind. Yeah. I was really impressed too, as a, as an individual and at, at being a competitor myself, not here, but a lifetime competitor, how, um, very sportsmanlike and decent all three of those like genuinely really yes. good sportsmen they all mm-hmm. are and they all of course want to win but just a sense of, of fair play and decency amongst them was mm-hmm. uh, to me remarkable and i've seen yeah. it like every layer every bit not <laughs> once not one sense of it not being that way and i mean that's the, the thing it's a sport and you know to be a sportsman in the heated competition like that that says a lot for these three characters yeah. as individuals so yeah. i was very impressed with them and i you know, I'm I'm a fan of Nick Dowers, and I know Dan and know Vicky and from last year, and I was a fan of Vicky's last year, and I've been a fan of Dan's. I watched when he won with Swampy, and I know Swampy. And so, you know, for me to look at these people and look at the way they work their horses, and I went back and reviewed um, just to make sure I was sharp all the, the competitions from years past because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to you know, be on top of my game if they're on top of theirs. So, yeah. yeah. Well, that's really cool. Well, thank you very much, Yvonne, You're for stopping by. And I know you recently uh, published a book. What's the title? The second book that I have out is a dressage horse manifesto. And if I can take, um, and it was very presumptuously written by me, but from the horse's point of view, because I felt like I could. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I used different horses through the book I'd, for different levels of dressage. It's more of a how-to. I've written two books in my life that I wished. I'm a very avid reader. And I wrote two books that I wish I would have had in my journey that might have sped the process up a little bit. So those are out there. But I will talk very, very briefly um, about my what's going to probably be my ongoing mission, which is Horses Without Humans. And oh, that's, yes. Uh, you were telling me about this, uh, Tara. Tell us about Horses Without Humans. It's um, it, it's a 501c3 that we've opened up in our Bell, Florida location, and it is more to repurpose and rehome unwanted horses in the United States. You never have enough of that. No, and I, I really think that um, the way that horses that get past their prime or that have to go into that second career, they're not always handled properly, and if they get handled really improperly, they can end up being shipped across our borders. And I just feel like any animal capable of competing at the Olympic Games um, as an athlete should never be also then in jeopardy to worry about what his retirement or what the end of his life would look like. And so in the Into the Spotlight movie that we made, we started out making a movie on how equine theater horses are trained. And we ended up shifting the spotlight to unwanted horses in the United States, but in a family-friendly way so people can see the beauty of of a horse that that has good people in its life as opposed to the tragedy if they don't have good people in their life. And, you know, when you treat your horses well, you just, you, you, you block out that maybe there's horses out there that have no voice of their own and that really all they would want is somebody to just step forward for them. And I think we can solve this as horse lovers in the United States. There's 7 million Americans in the equine industry, and there's 140,000 doomed horses. If we don't do something, we can do it. And, yeah. and that's, that's my yeah. new goal Shift in life. So, and I think yeah. actually all the, everything I've done in my life might have just been getting me ready so I would be credible <laughs> to listen to about there this. There you go. Absolutely. So that's, so that, that, I think that might end up that, being that it. That might be it. Yeah. 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 So where, where can people find out more about uh, Horses Without Humans? Uh, KYB Dressage, which is our main website, but Horses Without Humans and KYB Connected, which is our online learning community. And that has all of our documentaries on it, lots of lessons, and 100% of the proceeds of actually any of my books, any of my DVDs, any of the movies, and our KYB Connected memberships are all donated to Horses Without Humans. So we're uh, one horse at a time, one after another. We are going to be the change that we want to see in the industry. So that's that's really what Yay! I'm about now. So well, yeah. thank you very yeah, much, Yvonne. Wonderful. Have a great day today. Good luck. Oh yes, yeah. thank you. I'm all have fun day. Yeah, <laughs> thank you for your time.
Well, that was fun. I didn't I didn't know about some of that stuff. Yeah. The inside scoop on judging. That's right. So huh? cool. So now time to get back to well, we know something. Why don't we hear from our good friends at Horseware who make a product called Ice Vibe? Uh, because I need to take a talking break and have a little drink of water, and then we'll come back <laughs> and we'll finish up on Dan James' second horse, known as the Yellow Horse. The Yellow Horse. All right, here we go. In the world of horse racing and elite equestrian sports, it's all about how to prepare and repair. Ice Vibe is a truly portable and highly efficient circulation therapy system for your horse. Before activity, prepare to prevent damage by using the Ice Vibe's vibration pads. Repair after the event by using the unique combination of cold packs and vibration to minimize swelling and encourage blood flow. And because it's battery powered, Ice Vibe is truly portable. The essential and affordable tool to prepare and repair. Ice Vibe. To learn more about the tremendous benefits of Ice Vibe boots, head over to icevibe.com. You'll also find a list of dealers there near you or online that you can pick up your next set of Ice Vibe boots from Horseware. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, if, you don't, if you're not familiar with Ice Vibe, I encourage you to go over to the Horseware website where they have all the information, horseware.com, and read up on the science behind Ice Vibe because they're way more than ice boots. They did a lot of research to figure out exactly how cold therapy works and how to maximize it, both pre and post workout. So horsewear.com. All right. The yellow horse. Now folks who are here watching this competition, the yellow horse was talked about a lot for so many reasons. Uh, first being he didn't even touch the yellow horse, didn't even interact with the yellow horse until well, past the halfway point of the amount of time he had. Yeah. And we were all kind of chewing our fingernails. So take it from there, Tara. Well, so then he brought the yellow horse in and then it looked like he just was petting him. (laughs) Right. Like I was was touching it, but what's he doing? So then, you know, not not really anything exciting going on. So we look around, we're watching Vicky, we're watching Nick. Then we look back and Dan's like still petting him. Like it just, it seemed like nothing was happening. And then, then he started to move him a little bit more, and you could see he was really sticky. Like he kind of just he got a bit he, more introverted. This horse did. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't move. He would back up three steps, but that's all he would do. Right. And yeah. we and that and Jen and I both commented on like he's a nice horse. He's a nice mover. Pretty he looked like he'd be smooth to ride. And with his bloodlines, you know, so all these things seemed really positive about the yellow horse. So he was actually kind of showing us the opposite of yes. what he showed us in the herd, which yes. is what Yvonne was sort of just talking about. And so. Anyway, then you saw him get kind of sticky, and then then you saw him soften a little bit. And then kind of when he softened, Dan went to it, got the saddle on, started moving. And then when he got the saddle on, we thought, okay, well, he'll buck because he got so sticky. But anyway, he, uh, he bucked around a little bit, and he kind of, I said he sort of bucked blind, right? Like he kind of, he got so yeah, worried what, about. Explain what you mean by buck blind. I've never got, heard that term before. He got so he got so worried about the saddle that he started bucking and then he ran himself into the fence. So and like, it startled oh, me oh there's a fence. <laughs> and anyway, but then he sort of snapped out of it and then they got on him and then they rode him and walked really quite lope, uneventful and, once that yeah, happened. And it, so it's like once he found out that he could, he did have a place to go and he, he didn't have to be worried about the saddle. He didn't have to be worried about Dan. He was like, okay, well, so it was back to more of the horse we saw in yeah. the herd. Yeah. And, yeah. and of course, of course, the um, the commentators on the floor, Craig and Matt, ask about that because it was he kind of he kind of front end loaded the training process. He took a lot yeah. of time in the in the very introductory stages. Hi, my name is Dan. Yeah, 
what's yours? <laughs> and they, no speed dating. Yeah. But then <laughs> we saw the payoff at the tail end of that. Yes. He was able to go through the remainder of that initial saddle, initial ride process very, very smoothly and rather quickly. And, and Tara and I both cheered a little bit because we both kind of liked the yellow horse. Yeah. Well, we both were like, wait a minute. What were we thinking? We both thought this was going to be a little nicer horse to start with. And then, and then we we're starting to question ourselves yeah. and our ability to even And then we thought it would be a train and wreck. And then it's like, oh, well, we were wrong again. Yeah. And that's what Road of the Horse is. Yeah. Yes. Well, we have yeah. some more guests that just showed up here. Why don't you introduce them? Good. So we've got Monty and Jesse from the Four Sixes Ranch. So we asked them to come up and tell us a little bit about... And Phil's coming too. Okay. Oh, wow. we got Phil coming. So that way they could tell us a little bit about Four Sixes and being on the ranch and what they do here. Now, and, we have and to use the microphones here, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So you can, you can either number. use the microphone sitting on our... Uh, plywood desk, or you could use the microphone holding it in your hand. Come on in, fellas. Yeah, whatever yeah. makes you comfortable. Uh, yeah, Wranglers are shy, are shy folk by nature. Look at that. Jesse's just going to grab that microphone and own it. It's a rather short cord, yeah. so you, you have to be a little bit closer to us than you might want to. There we go. Monty, you have to talk into a microphone. This is an interview. And you have to get really close, it's which sort is of like the uncomfortable part for me. Yeah. But. So we've got Monty, and we've got Jesse, and who else do we have here? And Phil. Phil, hi Phil. Uh. <laughs> hi, hi Phil. We let's make sure our, our sound is good. Producer Glenn, how's our sound with Phil and Jesse and Monty? Say hi, Monty. Hello. Good morning. You're good, all good morning. Everybody's good. Yay! <laughs> so tell so us, take 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 a, take it on, Tara. We've got a lot of people in here. So tell us a little bit about if you guys could just tell us what you do at Four Sixes, so everybody can know. I I work for the cow side of the outfit more than I do the horse side. Uh, People ask me questions and I look like a dummy because I don't know a lot about these horses. I don't see them every day. Yeah. Phil sees them every day, so you know. But you ride, you ride siblings oh, yeah. or brothers oh, yeah. or sisters oh, yeah. to we, these we horses. What's, what's the day in the life of Monty? Because yeah. not everyone in the whole United States knows what a Wrangler does, except for what they see in John Wayne movies. So tell yeah. us what a day in the life of Monty is. Answered his phone. <laughs> First, you have a cell phone. That's different <laughs> that's than the John different Wayne, than movie. The John that's, Wayne movie. That's the big difference. <laughs> and I usually don't play with Cowhand.com. <laughs> if you can cue that up, Glenn, please do. <laughs> oh, our day, my day usually starts, you know, 6.30 or so. But daylight, you know, whenever we can see is whenever. And we've been, Kevin Heffers is what we've been doing. And, uh. So do you, go, do you go to the heifer, or is the heifer someplace that, like, is there a barn? They're These just, coasters have no clue. They are just in, they're in a big pasture, eight or 9,000 acre pasture. Okay, that's not a big pasture. That's a state. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you, uh, you yeah, basically we, know where the herd is because you keep track of where they hang well, out. Well, that, we keep track of it pretty good, but uh, we still have to go find have those. To go find them. Now, do you, and you usually go find them aboard a horse versus in a wheeled vehicle. Oh, yeah. No four-wheelers on our outfit. No four-wheelers. <laughs> so you go out there and you check on all the cows and you say, oh, this one's going to calf soon. This one had one last night. Right. I mean, it, it's just. Uh, this, this little one here is not doing so good. We need to pick them up and get them warm. Well, we don't baby them like that. No? We don't do it. Of course, we don't have the winners that people up north have. So, you know, we you don't have, have to worry the, about cold We calf. don't have to worry about cold that much. And if they do, they just have to survive. Yeah. You, yeah. To, you, you breed tough that, cows. That's what yeah. we're after. It's a tough cow. Tough cows. And you breed, obviously, beef cattle versus milking cows for, again, 
East Coasters have no clue. There's no Holsteins out there. What kind of cattle are they? Our herd is primarily Angus. That's uh, the black ones, everybody. That's the black Angus. Uh, we have a few red red Angus, but not many. Now, is a red Angus the same as a black Angus? Is it two different breeds or just two different colors? Just two different colors, basically. Just one one gene difference. That, and that's it. Just and no difference other than that. And about how many head are in your little life that you guys keep after? In your team. On our ranch? No, that, that I take care camp. of. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 600. Oh, I take 600. Care, I Nothing take care to of 600. it. And yeah. do you ride the same horse every day? Do you have a string of horses? That oh, you no, ride? I've got a string of horses. Uh, how many How many's in your string? Eight. Eight horses? So and typically, how long a day do you spend in the saddle? We usually start like it when, as soon as we can see, and we'll come in, break for lunch, and trade horses, and go back again. So each, door, each horse does about a half day. Right. Um, now, during more intense work, for example, your um, branding calves or something, do you change horses more often because the work gets more intense? No. Or do the horses just get fit for it? Then they well, just it once, it you, once you get them legged up and fit, they're half a day is a good ride. A really tough one can go all day. Now, I mean, do you have a favorite in your string of horses? I'm kind of partial to the one I brought. <laughs> and who did you bring? I brought Alibi this year. Alibi brought, we, we, and we saw Alibi trotting around earlier. Yeah, he's he handled it well, it seemed like. Yeah. He's, a, is, he's an old man. Is he related to anything out here in the event? On the sire side, he's related to two. Alibi's a six pick. He's got two, two sixes picks in there. Yep. There's two sixes picks, and that's. Alibi sire. There's mm -hmm. two in this pick. So there's two in this? So are you rooting for them? Well, I kinda like the sixes picks. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much, Bonnie. Let's go over to Jesse. Yeah. Hi. Well, I worked in the mare barn, so more with uh, helping fall out mares and then during non foaling season treatments and maintenance of horses, vaccines and uh, treatments and just if anything gets hurt, doctor and stuff. Doctor and boo boos. Yes, and just kind of overall care and and maintenance of the horses. <laughs> Tara, then, Tara's looking at looking at me because I'm I'm Miss Clueless over here. I have no idea what your life is, and Tara's like, I don't know either. You don't know this. Stuff? I don't work at the sixes, so how would I know? <laughs> yeah. So, what? Um, do you have a horse that you ride at the ranch or a Speedy Cream one that you ride? Or do you ride Speedy Cream? Or do you guys ride him to get him ready for the event? Yeah, I've been riding Speedy last all three or four months, just messing with him, with you know, running the mares and stuff. And yeah. Driving the horses. Make sure he's in, you know, yeah. doing it. And then Jesse comes in and brings him to top speed, right? Yeah, because she's good at it. <laughs> she is good at it. Bill got him. Now let's good let's ready. give everybody Tara. Let's give a background on who Speedy Cream is. So Speedy Cream is well, he was the first Gria born on the four sixes, right? Yeah, I was trying to remember what year he went through it. Two thousand and fourteen. Two thousand and fourteen. He was in the herd. So Jim won the wild card in two thousand and fourteen, and then he picked Speedy Cream. And started him in the round pen. And so he was, he, one of, won, he was one of the wild card horses. The, no, he's, he wasn't one of the wild card horses. Jim won the wild card. Oh, okay. And then okay, that gotcha. got him into the competition. So he was one of his road to the horse horse, right? And uh, then, and then, yeah. So he was a road to the horse. So that's the one. When Jim won, that's he won on Speedy Cream. He won on Speedy Cream. So yeah. how did Speedy Cream end up back here at Road to the Horse again? So Jim didn't keep him, or Jim did keep him. Jim didn't keep him. Somebody bought well, him. Tootie took him over. Tootie yeah. bought him. So, yeah. so for 
for for Speedy Cream, all this sparkly stuff, that's nothing. He sees that every day. Yeah. Being Tootie's horse. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so we were talking about uh, on the ranch, and one of the girls that's with us, she said, so I want to know, does Jessie rope? Does she help at the branding? Does she do all that stuff? I used to rope some, yeah. a lot more. I, I used to rodeo when I was younger, oh, okay. so I don't rope as much anymore. Yeah. Um, I, I used to help film them gather mares and, and stuff, and they team rope a lot after work and after hours <laughs> and stuff. So so I do I do still ride every day and, and do some cowgirl stuff, but I don't actively rope yeah. now. How long have you guys been with the Sixes? All of you. I've been 21. 26. 26 years for Monty and Jesse? Uh, off and on. Um, it was an intern when I was in college, and oh, then I worked cool. there for three years, and so just kind of keep going back there it's like home yeah oh wow i saw you at the sale there and you were you guys were busy doing everything and you were involved a lot at the sale the return best of the remuda return to the remuda which is it do you know return return yeah. okay <laughs> so what about the horses phil for the horses that they picked here do you feel like what was what do you think which one would you have picked well, uh, one I'd probably pick wasn't in there, uh, oh. in the part of it, but, uh, I really like the horse that Nick's got that number six horse, Yeah, just watching him over the time and, uh, and I, you know, known that family just, just way they are at times, but I really like to watch a horse when we drive them, the way at times drive them, I don't know, eight or 10 miles, change pastures and stuff. I'll watch how they act during that drive, how they move and lead and all that. When you move them that far, is it at a walk? Is it at a trot? Well, sometimes it might start off a little wild until <laughs> you, you know, get a hold of them. Yeah. Usually just a long trot, you know, just a steady pace. Do you do it on your own or do you have other guys come and help you? No, me and the other guy that helps me back at home, um, you know, they had to stay and still run mares every day because it's we're in a breeding run and it's every day running mares for them because um, they're cycling out even a lot of reset mares and it's every day sorting stuff. So he helps me when, you know, sometimes somebody might want to go ride a young horse and chime in. Yeah. Like Terry, you know, riding the young horses, he'll, he'll want to go to get them exposed to it. Yeah. That's one of the things I love when Trevor's starting to call is he'll he'll drive other horses because, like, you know, when somebody goes and they're riding with their friend and their friend leaves and that horse has got to handle that. And so it's great when someone else can help that horse get that skill set. So, yeah, that's wonderful. And not, and not a lot of people, when they have a horse in training, have that opportunity. So that's a cool thing if you wanted to get a horse from the 60s. It has that life experience. Yes. How many mares do you guys have in the barn right now, Jesse or Phil? Well, you know, as far as ranch mares uh, that we keep outside, there's probably about 120. Um, That's a lot of mares, 120. Yeah, and you know that includes opens and maidens and stuff like that. Fooling with uh, so, wet mares, it usually a wet mare situation usually runs about 60 to 70. So, I think the the whole um, process 
breeding mares, foaling mares out, weaning the foals is a little bit different in the four sixes versus Lane's End Farm in Sales, Kentucky. So kind of take us through how that works. Obviously, the mares come into foal. So after they fold, they in the pasture, or do they fold? Do they fold outdoors? I don't know. I'm I could be wrong. So all the ranch mares are they fold out in the pasture naturally, mm-hmm. and then Phil and the other boy that helps him, Clint, they they'll after they're strong enough, they bring them in, and all the race mares or customer horses that come in to get full out care, they're fold out in a stall. Mm-hmm. So there's different. So there's different different, different, different ways different naturally for the for ranch, ranch, and then if a customer wants their horse fold out, we'll fold them out in the stall, and the racer fold out in the stall. But we run everything. All the babies get plasma when they're 24 to 48 hours old, mm-hmm. and that helps build their immune system and mm-hmm. keep them from getting sick. So the guys will bring in the new babies from the pasture, the ranch mare and baby. When the babies are strong enough, they bring them in, and we run them plasma, and then we kick them back out. Mm-hmm. Oh, so even your ranch mares come in, or even the ranch, the full babies there come in. Wow. So they get, cool. to, they get to spend lots of time in fresh air, sunshine, yeah. moving around to build that strong bone and strong tendons and ligaments from the get-go. Yeah. That's cool. I didn't know that about I didn't know that about the ranch horses. So it's neat. I'm getting even more of a perspective of what a four sixes horse is grows up getting and is able to do and mm-hmm. and so it, yeah the value behind the four sixes horse. It's, it's fascinating yeah. to to learn about how with all the science you guys um, take advantage of uh, yet you still see the value in letting the foals grow up I'm using air quotes naturally <laughs> they are not overly pampered they don't have the hothouse flower thing going yeah and that I think from the very restricted point of view of the only time I've ever met four sixes horses when I do meet them here at the at the uh, road to the horse, that prepares them that much better for stresses because they when you live in the open, I'm sorry, there's stuff going on in your life. There's unexpected stuff every hour of every day. So when they come here mentally, they've lived in a group where they face feel secure and they've experienced unexpected things continuously from day one. I think that prepares them mentally better for this than a horse that has had very a very regimented life where things don't change, things never new, you know, no, no, nothing scary ever happens. I think that is real testament to how solid their personalities are. So, of the horses that were selected, which one do you think will make it to the end? We're no, putting them all. No, knowing what you know, Monty's going. No, I'm not going to say. Yeah. Oh. Monty's just shaking his head. Does any? Uh, do you have a favorite, Jesse? That, that you would just, you really want them to win. Or that you would like to Or say, that you would like oh, to I'll, take home. I'll, I'll ride that one to the end. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't know. It's it's a nice group of horses. They all, you know, they're, some of them are different than the others, and they all got a certain special quality about them. Um, I'd probably, I, my favorite's probably the Jens Latigo Rockin' W, just because I like that mare. Because I know, because I know her you know from mama, being around the right? ranch. You know uh, yeah, so, but um, they're all all nice horses. Yeah, you know, you know the families really well. Okay, so that so that's yeah. the one that Dan has, right? Dan has number 11. Yes. The Rockin' Latigo. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I think that one that Doc really likes, that uh, number 12 the horse, number that, horse that Vicky has, he's pretty, uh, I think he'll have the steam, you know, to roll on through it. He's pretty tough. That mare family is pretty tough. 
Yes. That is Doc's favorite. He's going to follow in the footsteps of the family and carry it on. Number 12. Okay, so that's Vicky's horse number 12, which is Cal- Crown's Lad. And, I, I picked that one. And, and Monty's not going to chip in. <laughs> oh, He's the cow guy. Come on. you got to have a Monty. favorite. You're allowed to have a favorite. Just, be, just, be, just because of the mare line, <laughs> I like the number two horse. I've had oh, several of those yeah. 46 jaw-branded horses that were really good horses. and But that's personal preference. Well, you're allowed to have a personal preference. You know, some people like latte and some people <laughs> like tea. It's all right. Well, thank you very much, uh, Four yeah. Sixes Wrangling Group as a whole, for coming up to visit us. Cowboys and cowgirls. Cowboys and cowgirls. I know that Tootie keeps you really, really busy while you're here, and we appreciate you taking some time. Yeah. And now we have a little bit more insight into the Four Sixes. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Cool. I didn't know so. See, you learned so much here at Road of the Horse. So where where were we when last we uh, we we chatted? Let's see here. We were halfway through Dan James, I believe. And Dan's second horse, known here locally as... Oh, did we finish up the yellow horse? We did finish up the yellow did. horse, didn't we? Yeah, you so did. So now we're on to Nick. Yep, and yeah. uh, we do have a, some sound okay, here. Why so, don't we hear the sound from oh, Dan? Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's so hear from Dan. All right. Oh, yeah. Anyway, nice job today. Did Thanks, a really great man. job with both horses. How do you feel today, the first day of a round pin versus the last time you were in a round pin first day? What's the difference? Pin. Well, I, yeah, I've come learned a lot more since the last time I was in a round pin here at Road to the Horse, and uh, I was pretty excited about, you know, how that kind of reflected right. the day. What things are different? Like, uh, You know, there's so much that's different about the journey that I've been on my own horsemanship. You know, I've gone away and, and uh, learned a lot more skills, and, uh, you know, just in the preparation for this event, I believe is uh, helped shape me to be a better horseman. What kind of things were you looking for today that you didn't look for before? Uh, you know, I think that what I was looking older, for today. Older, wiser. Yeah, older, <laughs> wiser. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I think the things that I was looking for today, uh, in comparison to in the past, is uh, a lot more sort of uh, feel in that horse's face, a lot more connection to his feet and, uh, you know, helping to really uh, create that forward movement without getting in a fight. I thought you did a really nice job with two very different horses. Thank you, ma'am. Thanks for your time. Yeah, you bet. Thanks, guys. Well done. I just love listening to Dan. I'm sorry. I'm superficial. Yeah. No No way. (laughs) Well, we want to say a big thank you to the folks at Cashel who are helping to bring you this coverage all three days of it, of Road to the Horse. And you might be familiar with the Crusader fly mask. Well, Cashel makes that. And the Crusader fly mask is not only the standard in comfort, but it's available in a variety of styles and sizes and accessories for full fly protection. The Crusader is available in long ears, as in mules and donkeys, a long nose piece to keep ponies who have sensitive lips and keep from sunburn and bugs. Or you can get them with ears or out no ears for horses who have bug sensitivities there. Mask sizes range from itsy-bitsy mini all the way to warm blood and draft with sheets and leg guards available to work simultaneously for maximum UV and fly protection. You can find them at your local retailers. You can also find them here at Road to the Horse because they have a booth and I went and shopped there. Thank you very much. You can visit (laughs) CashelCompany.com. The Cashel Company manufactures products designed to make your ride safer, more convenient and affordable, all while continuing to expand 
and strive to meet the needs of all horse owners, riders, and competitors. CashelCompany.com. Now, my voice is tired, so we're going to take a really quick break, and let's hear a song. Are you ready, Producer Glenn, with a song? Yes, we are. Let's do a little uh, Jared Rogerson with Let's Ride, and we're coming back. We have one more review to do, right? We have one more review, and we're going to talk about Nick. Yep, okay. So you want a guy who won't try to move too fast. Girl, it'd be a shame to take this slow I've got an extra saddle and I know that you can handle The stallion waiting right down the road We can run above hooves and crash like thunder As fast as lightning flashing in our eyes I think you know the spell you got me under Let's ride We can ride to the head of the canyon From the desert blossoms down the to the pine trees in the shade We'll pine Baby, let's ride I suppose I could be entertained Just sitting here watching you Watching them Just try to take you home Surrounding you like flies, you ought to swat a few. If you wanna be alone, let's go. We can run above hooves and crash like thunder. As fast as lightning flashing in our eyes. I think you know the spell you got me under. Let's ride. We can ride to the head of the canyon from the desert blossoms down below. Aspen and the sage To the pine trees in the shade We'll pine Baby, let's ride Get the thrill of the adventure Takes your breath away If you're caught up with emotion That you can't explain away You can kiss me on the cheek And I will hold your hand If it leads to something more I will understand Let's run above hooves And crash like thunder Fast as lightning flashing in our eyes I think you know the spell you got me
and that was Jared Rogerson, one of our favorites. You can find his music at jaredrogerson.com. I believe he's on iTunes, too. Isn't he uh, there, Producer Glenn? Yep, iTunes, all the usual places. All the usual places. All right. Third and final competitor, Nick Dowers. Nick Give us the Dowers. rundown, Tara. So he definitely is sort of the an interesting one to, to bring for last because uh, he picked two horses, and he, first he came out and he picked number five. And number five is Little River Tough, something like this. Anyway, and and he, he's the only dark, dark bay in the group. Yeah, it's one of those dark brown. bays that looks almost black. He's brown. It depends on what registry you're in. Is what exactly. we we're talking about. So <laughs> anyway, so he's a brown quarter horse. Yes. So anyway, he picked picked this horse. Really, uh, basically, doesn't want to be touched. Doesn't want to be caught. Doesn't want to be touched, especially behind the withers. Yeah, and definitely not down on the feet. Anyway, so he. Uh, he chose not to work with him first, right? So he, he found it. Nick, actually, when the horses were in his round pen, he set it up. Like I said, he put his, used a livestock mentality and pushed his horses into the into the catch pen and then let one come out. And he actually was able to walk right up to the, the sorrel colt that he has, number six, and put a halter on. So while everyone else was trying to sort their horses apart, Nick basically he already had walked a up on. and touched his. Yeah. yeah. So, and I... I and maybe the horse is a bit more willing, but I also think it's kind of the way he set it up between between yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, so we got a halter on that horse, and really pretty non-eventful. Again, just kind of move stuff around. Now, I think he had one point where that horse really kind of leaned on the halter a lot, and then he fell down. I did, I missed it. Did you see oh, it? Yeah, he, he fell down to yeah, his he, knee. He leaned or on the halter and just he took a misstep and, le- and lost his footing and. and- plunked onto his knees. Yeah, like kind of leaned too hard and lost his balance because yeah. he leaned too hard. Yeah. Yeah, and he's not a practiced halter leader. Yeah. You know, a domestic <laughs> horse is a practiced halter leader. They've got it down to a science. Yeah. That guy was going, whoa, this is fucking, whoops. Yeah. And he just, he basically tripped over himself. Yeah. And it was funny because he kind of got up and went, oh, that was kind of dumb. Yeah. We'll be doing that again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and pretty much from then on, it was kind of like, well, I better do what this guy, you know, where this guy wants me to go. So, Pretty non That horse by the end really connected. He was yes. he was with Nick big time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because when he would work with the other horse, then this horse was still trying to be a part of it. Yeah. Yes, he very much wanted to be part of whatever Nick was doing. Didn't yes. matter. Yeah. So that's really cool. Well, it'll be really neat to see how that horse, how much that connection stays, or how yeah. quickly that horse looks for it. So yeah. again, kind of like a yeah, pretty non-eventful. Now he did have one bucking spell, if I remember right. Is that the one that he had to jump up on the fence, or was no, that the, that's oh, that the, the next? Okay, one. so now, so the brown horse, the brown horse. So anyway, so Nick definitely wanted to get a challenging horse, is what he said. So he he chose and he he picked this horse first, right? Like probably would have been some people's last pick, but he went, I'm picking this horse first. So he got this horse and he saved him after he did made some progress with the sorrel horse, brought the brown horse in. Really was having a hard time just touching him he could touch him with his hands but couldn't really touch him with much anything else rope stick any of that stuff so anyway he he basically would just sort of do little breaks oh and that's the other thing that nick did he put a snaffle bit in his horses just kind of like hanging on a piece of twine basically yes just a real simple thing so that that gave those horses something to do and get used to when nick wasn't messing with them yeah right so it and possibly something to think about while he's doing other stuff Right, sort of. Sure, it's like giving a, little bit giving a kid an all day sucker. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, kinda. So anyway, he eventually seemed like the horse was never going to let him saddle him, and then all of a sudden you blink and the horse is saddled. Right? Yeah. I mean, it really went pretty smooth. Like, well, yeah. I think he saw. I think he Nick did a good good job of seeing the opportunity to go. 
now's my chance to move this forward. This is my window, yeah. And he moved forward, and then he got out of the way because he yeah. knew this horse was going to buck. So he basically, I mean, he basically climbed up on the round pin and let the horse just bucket wear out the saddle over. and figure out what he needed to do, which is interesting. It's definitely a different approach than what Dan did, right? Dan let the horse buck, and Dan chose to shut it down. And right. I... I don't know if that's all you need to do, sir. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if Dan's horse is one you could have shut down. I don't know that you could have interrupted Nick's horse. It it was really I, bothered I, and committed to yeah, it. I was very much on the same page when I was watching it at the time. I went, yeah, I, yeah, because the horse would have blamed him. It's like, see what you've done. You've made me uncomfortable even more because the horse at that point, I don't think was really connected to Nick yet. Yeah. Like he was tolerating Nick, but he wasn't Nick's friend yet. Yeah. yeah, and I think and Nick had to show him that hey, Nikki, I know you're gonna have a hard time with this, but I, but you'll see you you don't have to have a hard time with right. this, right? But we at least have to have the conversation for you. Right, to know. we do have to talk about it. It's yeah, be tough. Yeah, but we have to have the talk. Yeah, exactly. You're old enough. You have to have yeah. the talk. <laughs> yeah. So and I, I think had Nick not taken the steps he take, that horse would have blown worse. I think the horse yeah. was gonna buck no matter what. But I yeah. think. I think the situation went really well. And so what's interesting is if you look at the scores, at the end of the day, Nick is the only one who did not ride both horses. In fact, right. he didn't even mount the brown horse. No. And he's still at the top of the leaderboard. So yeah. he's interesting. in some yeah. ways he's behind, but how he got where he how is. How he got where he is, is shows right. Yeah. It's so not it's where in, you are, it's how you get there. Yeah. And I asked him, I said, Do you feel like choosing the more difficult horse is going to pay off because really your degree of difficulty has to be higher than everybody else just getting it right and progressing and moving along. Yes. So we'll only know. And that's usually why they say the people who are in the front who are leading the event at the beginning don't always win the event at the end, right? right. Cause they get all these points for good horsemanship in the beginning. And at the end, it's like 20 points for walking, 20 points for trotting. You still have to do the performance at the yeah. end. Yeah. So, so we'll see. Yeah. It's very interesting. And yeah, because of all the six horses, that brown horse was the only one at the end of the day that hadn't made a significant mental connection to the trainer. He was like, okay, Nick, we're going to do this, but you're not my friend yet. I'm not having coffee with you. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and what I think is interesting is that Nick pointed out multiple times, and you could see it, but let's say the horse had a hard time catching. Say it took him 20 minutes to catch. Next time it took him 10. Next time yes. it took him 5. Yes. You know, he, he would, was making absolutely progress. Yeah, oh, would, yeah. He would he would take 5 steps and buck. Then the next time he'd take 10 steps and then buck. Then he went 3 laps, and then he decided to buck a little. So it's right. like he was all – so Nick is really feeling like he's on the right track. Yeah. The horse is, he's just got his own timeline. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he might be one of those horses that, because Nick is choosing not to be confrontational, yeah. he's not saying, you must do this. He's given that horse the opportunity to make a decision. Yeah. Am I going to do this or not? If he was training that horse in a method that says, you must do this or else, he would liable have gotten a horse that just completely rebelled and SOL. Yeah. And, and all three, sort of talking about the differences between all three, because all of them did a wonderful job. And Nick had two very different. Two, I think Nick had two very different horses. Yeah, they were at opposite Dan, ends of the scale. Dan had two different horses, and Vicky had two similar horses. But, but I and I don't mean that the the expanse made it any less or more difficult, right? Like she, in some ways, she has two difficult ones, versus. Yeah, like, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think they're all. I see where you're going of, with I that. I think they're all still on the same level playing field here. Oh, yeah. It's just their dynamics are different, and. 
And Nick's the only one that, I mean, Vicky worked with her horses together in the round pen. Dan did his separately. Yep. And Nick did a little bit of a combination of both. Yes. So he works independently with one to make sure he could give that horse the attention. But then he went, now it's time for you to, like you were saying, it's time for you to be around while I'm working this other horse. You can learn a little bit. You yeah. can you can learn to go and stop and start with a commotion. And like when Nick sent his over the tarp, the sorrow horse helped the brown horse. A lot. That made yeah. a big difference because then because the, the brown horse is very willing to trust his little sorrel friend, but a little bit less so with Nick. But and by doing that, the, the brown horse had no reason to say to Nick, see, you're making me do things I think suck. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't have that opportunity to say it. All he had the opportunity was go. You want me to move? Oh, well, my friend did. Sure, I'll go. Positive yeah. interaction. Yay, team. Gold yeah. stars and sparkles for everybody. Well, like, for example, the 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 sorrow colt went to go over the tarp, and the brown has to, horse said, no, I don't think I can. Right. So, because it's a round pin, the sorrow horse just kept going, kept around, going around. And then he's like, oh, I'm at the tarp again. And so the sorrow horse got better at it, and the brown horse finally went, well, I'll go with you this time. So both of them made progress. I I'm a yeah. huge fan of this two horse at the same time format. Like I, yeah. not I'm not for your novice, on it not for your time. novice human though. Yeah, this is something that you you know you really need to have a skill set to do yeah. this because you get in trouble. But from the horse's standpoint, oh I yes, think this is a wonderful very useful. format. Yeah, yeah, very useful indeed. Yeah. By the end with Nick's, it was fun to watch because the sorrel horse had developed a really good connection with Nick. By the time they were finished, you could tell the sorrel horse every time the brown horse was trying to figure out, making laps, and trying to stay away from Nick. You could tell the sorrel was going, would you just get over it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and, he, and the, the brown horse would try to crowd him, trying to stay yes. away. Like, would you just leave me alone? I want to hang out with my human. <laughs> well, and, and Nick would be trying to help the brown horse with something, and the sorrel horse would come in and be like, what are we doing? Like, yeah. Well, yeah. he's in his pocket. He was yeah. over there opening the gates. Yeah, that's a couple right. Of times. He got itchy and was open. That's and right. He, uh, he was... Uh, Using the giant balls that they use for obstacles in the round pens to help the horses get used yeah, to things. Yeah, he bounced his own. He's bouncing his own ball. Yeah, that sounds wrong in the wrong context. I'm sorry, the only, everybody. The only, uh, the only guy that used, I think Nikki used a tarp. Everybody got a tarp out at some point. I remember. Did Dan get a tarp out? I don't remember Dan getting a tarp out. Yeah, and Nick's the only one that used a stick and string. Nick's the only one that used a ball. No, uh, Vicky had a ball out. She has a little ball. She had a ball. She her had ball a flag. had a she had a flag and a ball. See, her ball had to fit into a suitcase in an airplane. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. yeah. Vicky had a flag and Nick had a flag. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to hear from Nick? Oh, yeah, let's hear from Nick. Yeah. We had a little interview with him after the uh, end of the day yesterday. And then we'll, uh, we have to hear from uh, Horseware, and we'll be right back. All right. Coach Jen for Horse Radio Network here. I'm with Nick Dowers, who is currently tied for first place on round one. You had two very, very different Colts. Um, they couldn't have gotten much further apart as far as how their initial responses were at what point he became affectionately known as the brown horse or brown do you think uh, brown had a light bulb moment there towards the end i feel like he did it was i mean it was right at the end um but yeah he did if you notice after his first after i had him saddled there in the in the holding pen and i gave him a pretty good time uh time to himself he did have a, a quite a rest quite yes. a rest yeah because i i reached a point there where it felt real pivotal to me if, if i was to to push a little bit more I think I think he would push back quite a, quite quite a bit mm -hmm. and so I just chose you know I'm gonna go slow to go fast and I I bit the bullet stuck him in there and and I think that was the best move I could have made in the situation it paid off in the end because he did look a little bit happier with you yep and happier to be around you 
I noticed as I walked around the, the concourse today that Brown was a fan favorite. A lot of people liked that horse. Right. When you went out to pick him out, did you anticipate him being as reactive as he was? Well, I, I had a hunch he was going to be fairly reactive, yes. Uh, this, this much so? No, I didn't. Um, but I, I knew, I had a hunch that out of the group, he was definitely going to be the, the toughest one of the bunch. Mm -hmm. And this, this competition's a, you've got to have a horse there there at the end. And so. Right. He's not, I don't think he's going to be a tired horse at the end. No, no. I don't think by, he's the kind of horse that's ever going to get tired. No, not by any means. And so that's why I I went with him. And then I, I tried to pick a horse that was going to compliment him well because I knew he was going to eat up a lot of time. And that's why I went with six. And, and the little number six horse, in my personal opinion at least, he was a rock star today. Yeah, oh yeah. He was I mean, pretty impressive. Yeah, he was great. He yeah. was great. He did a great job of helping out the big brown horse, too. He did. He and, did. And you played that well. He did. I think tomorrow we'll really see the, the fruits of my labor from today with the brown horse. Have a chance to think on it overnight, and they're going to come out better in the morning. Exactly. That's exactly. awesome. Well, thank you very much for your day today, and good luck tomorrow. Thank you. They say a good rider can hear his horse speak to him. But a great rider can hear his horse whisper. the years he's given me. Nobility without conceit. Friendship without envy. Beauty without vanity. A loyalty without compromise. I borrowed freedom when we rode. The history of mankind and civilization rode with us. His body took the weight of mine and I was carried through. still hear that whisper. For more information on the complete line of horseware turnouts, including Rambo, Rhino, and Amigo, visit horseware.com or ask your local retailer or online supplier for more information on horseware.com. Woohoo! One of the many, many fun things here at Road to the Horse is shopping. <laughs> On day one, when they opened the doors late in the afternoon, it was a shopping juggernaut out there. Did you get to walk around the concourse on Thursday afternoon at I all? I didn't. I'm a last day shopper, which means I may not get everything I was hoping to get, but I... You're a last day shopper. I'm a Tara, last day Tara, 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 you promised shopper. to tell me how much money I lost in her shopping yesterday. I haven't seen any purchases. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it, it is a shopping juggernaut, and every year the shopping gets to be more fun. There gets to be more more and more vendors. Yes. Of, and so, kind of something for everyone. They have gifty things. They have educational things. They have health and um, veterinary things. They have tack things. They have house things. House things. Yeah. Yes, they have some really fun housewares. So I stopped by a couple of the booths um, on Thursday afternoon while they were setting up, and one of the gals I chatted with, carries hit air vests and a lot of English writers particularly are familiar with hit air vests but she had kind of a fun and interesting story about how she ended up carrying hit air vests and how she ended up here at Road to the Horse so uh, let's listen in. Coach Jen here at Road to the Horse 2018 and I am hanging out at the hitairmidwest.com booth also known as riding-safe.com and I'm hanging out with Sherry Caldwell 
And Sherry Caldwell is also a trail rider, as many of us are. And she carries all kinds of really cool stuff that trail riders want to have so that they can ride safer. Now, tell me the story, Cheryl, of how you came to carry Hit Air Vest. This is kind of an interesting story. Well, about six years ago, uh, I made fun of my friend for having one. And about two months later, I crashed and burned in my trainer's uh, barn. That's karma for you. <laughs> yeah, it is. And uh, there was actually video of it because my husband was videoing my jumping lesson. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> Poor hubby. But I could see in the video that I watched over and over again because I broke my pelvis that if I'd had a vest on, I would have landed on the vest and not on my pelvis. So I went out and bought one. I, well, I contacted the importer and bought one. Yeah, then I took it to uh, a big trail ride where 70 ladies were showing up, and they asked me to talk about it. So I did, and they said, wow, we always knew we needed one, but we didn't know they existed. So I contacted the importer because they only market to, or they used to only market to eventers and hunter-jumpers. And I told him he was missing a whole demographic because us baby boomers don't bounce anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing more and more and more of them on people who are trail riding. Right, exactly. So anyway, they called me back a couple days later and they said, would you be our marketer to the trail riders? And so they set me up with a website and here I am at the road to the horse. So thank you very much, Cheryl, for telling us about why you're here and what you're excited about seeing. If you are interested in hit air vests or other safety equipment that is just for trail riders because she's a trail rider too and she understands what you want and what you need, you, you can go to hitairmidwest.com or you can go to riding-safe.com. Thanks a lot and have a great weekend. Well, thank you very much. know is when you come out for the horse radio network clinic at the end of june does that work with cactus because we have some cactus say that again i couldn't hear does you it, does a hit air vest work with cactus um Ooh. you know it'll work until it uh, bursts yeah <laughs> so it, it depends it at what angle you hit the cactus and how uh, hard and quick you hit the cactus i think glenn's got yeah. it yeah right okay well the whole idea is when you come and ride with us for the clinic that, that we're not falling please off. don't go by the cactus let's no, talk no. about the clinic because they only have like <laughs> a day and a half to sign up to win so that's right, that's right. so yeah we're going to yeah. announce our winner on sunday the end of sunday after the event so make sure you go to planforprogress.com or go explain to what it is network. again for those that didn't so listen give, yesterday. give us the rundown yep. for people who have been living under a rock and did not listen to the show yesterday yeah yeah <laughs> so basically we're going to have a clinic that's going to be at carter ranchors we're going to go out we're going to have some horsemanship now, learn tell about us, give us a little bit more what in, in, what horsemanship's going to be give us like well, you know, like basically in the beginning, because the whole idea is that we're going to go out, we're going to work cows, and then we're going to, we've got some places where we're going to go up and down the Cap Rock, like into the canyon. Oh, I can't wait! So I can't wait! Because we're going to do some of that, we do want to make sure everyone's feeling good about their horse or the horse they're borrowing in the new environment. So we're just going to go over some things, and, and Trevor's going to help everybody, one, make sure you're feeling safe and having fun, but two, if you've got something that you'd like to work on, because... Being able to apply things while you're out working a cow makes so much, you know, I'm going to do my circles, but I'm going to circle around this cactus or I'm going to try to lope and go and get that cow and stop at the right point. You know, it gives so much more value to the things that you're asking when you're doing it with a job. So we want to at least let's work on improving some things with our horsemanship. So when we go and do that job, you know, we're all we're better. We're, at we're, it. we're doing the job well, one. 
But two, we're also, you know, improving our horsemanship. So we're going to do a little bit of horsemanship in the morning, do some cow working. And the next day is when we're really going to go out and make sure we gather the cows and check everything and, and go ahead and ride through the cap rock. So that's that's the idea for the weekend. So now what level? Wagon. <coughs> so you're doing and, and you're going to provide food and all of that, I saw, too, which was kind of cool. And I'm going to get to be on the check wagon because you don't want me riding out there um, <laughs> unless you have. I'll need more than a hit air vest. You're going to need the hit air ambulance yeah. to show up. But what? what uh, Glenn wants the hit air bodysuit. That's right. Yeah. So you're. I want the big, big, big one. So now you're gonna. You're. This is. You're giving away one of these trips uh, to a to a listener of the shows or to somebody at uh, Road to the Horse right now, and people can sign up where. Planforprogress.com. And it's the number four plan, the number four progress.com. Also, though, you can also buy tickets and come out and join us there, right? Come, right. And, come and play, come yeah. and play. And if come you want to just sign up and then if you win, then you'll get your deposit back, that's fine. If you just want to sign up, then you can go to carterranchhorse.com. And how, how can they bring their own horses? What's the story? Bring your own horse. We have some available, but there are not there are not many. So the idea is that you bring your own horse and Jen's already got one of the ones to borrow. So Yeah, I've got is, one claimed. I'm sorry, people. <laughs> and this is in Clovis, New Mexico, which is uh, in the southern part, almost Texas, right? Yeah, and anybody anybody's welcome to sign up and join us. It's just that through the Horse Radio Network, that's how we're going to do the drawing, and you guys are basically that'll be tomorrow. To come, so that'll be tomorrow. Now, what some, level? Some I did get a question it. from one of the listeners yesterday on Facebook. At what level of rider do you think they need to be to to be successful at this weekend? Walk, trot, and lope comfortably. Okay. On a horse that knows how to walk, trot, and lope. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if you. If you're someone who's like, oh, yeah, I take colts all the time to places to walk, trot, and lope, that's fine, as long as you're comfortable with that. But riding your horse for the first time at a walk, trot, and lope, that's a good, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And does it matter if their horse has never been exposed to a cow before? No, it okay. doesn't. Because the other question And it doesn't matter if you're an English rider matter. or a Western rider. Yeah, it doesn't matter. English, Western, doesn't matter if you've seen cows. So the cactus them. are not going to laugh at the English riders with their saddles and stuff? <laughs> No. Okay. No, they won't. You won't no, either. We have lots of people all the time that come out. All right, you know, just they, checking. Yeah, they, they are English riders, but they come out for the branding because it's such a good purpose and a job for their horse. Right. And the well, I remember there was a, I valuable. remember there was a scene in um, the Buck Brannaman movie. Matter of fact, yeah. one of the gals that was involved with making the movie yes. was a dressage rider. Yes. And she got involved because she wanted to take her dressage horse out mm-hmm. and expose him to cattle and and do cattle work with him to help him. Um, develop his brain and his body, sort of cross training, yeah, to expand his knowledge base a little bit, made him a little better, a better dressage horse. So for anybody who rides in an English discipline, don't be afraid to sign up, and and sign up early to try to get a borrowed horse, or if you're close enough to bring your English horse along, why not? Yeah. I wish I lived close enough to bring Nigel because it would be so fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Trevor had. We have some Grand Prix jumping horses that have come in. I mean, they're Grand Prix hopefuls, right? But they they started and they want them to be on cows, and yeah, pretty cool. So. Awesome. Well, we have a yeah, brand new or, trailer, or stop Jennifer. By the booth and sign up for those. Brand new trailer. You could bring go. Nigel. We could bring Scooter too, and I could drive him around. Oh, wouldn't that be fun? I could take do your it. kids with me, uh, Tara. Let's do it. <laughs> she loves her kids way too much. Bro. I'm sorry. You notice she didn't jump right I'll on. Let him wave at you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's one of them brave enough to get on with my hackney pony and go for <laughs> <Yeah>. a ride. <laughs> yeah. Okay. How, now I have now I have to sit down and figure out where how. 
how many hours can I drive before I have to take a break? We've got, we've done that trip. I can help you. I can tell oh, you where we stayed and all that. There we go. There you go. That sounds we're like gonna, fun. It's an adventure. We're going to powwow. There we go. It'll be an all adventure. Right. Well, thank that. We're running out of time this morning. They're, they're starting to warm up the arena down there. Yeah. Things are starting to happen. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We will be back again tomorrow. The festivities begin at 11 o'clock tomorrow. And we will be here till the bitter end, and the champion is crowned. Is it 11 or 1130? Um, last I saw it was 11. It could be 1130. It could change. Tune into the Facebook page. Yeah, it does change a little bit with 2D, 2D changes at sometimes. So keep an eye on our Horses in the Morning or Horse yep. Radio Network Facebook page, and we'll post when the start time's to be. And, of course, you can listen to the recorded versions of these at HorsesInTheMorning.com or on our app at Horse Radio Network. All right. See you tomorrow, everybody. All right, bye. Thanks, y'all.